Welcome to 39-Minute Conversations. Please wait for your host to begin this meeting. Your meeting is now being recorded. Okay, can you see me? Can you hear me? Are you there? Yes, you are. I What's can... up? What's up, man? Good to see you. <laughs> Holy crap. I just had a moment of like, it's been so long. I saw you pop on and I was like, ah, this has been way too long. It has been way too long. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much, Brian, for asking me to do this. This is so great. And more importantly, it is great to see you. And hopefully we can hang out soon, longer than 39 minutes. <laughs> I would love that. But before we can even get into this conversation, I do have to get through a quick ad read. I hope you Of course, hope of course. Okay. And then Go I'll intro it. you and we'll do this thing. <laughs> this week's episode of 39 Minute Conversations is not technically presented by Mother's Day. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, and honestly, if you have, God bless you. You may have heard me feature some ad reads for my father's business. He's a realtor in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Great deals. Check him out. It's been fun to feature my dad, but you know who feels left out? My mom. I told her if she had a business, I'd be happy to promote it, but so far, she has yet to start one. She would rather enjoy her retirement, I guess. But she's my mom, and I love her, and she does deserve a moment in the spotlight. So this ad is a reminder to my listeners, this Sunday is Mother's Day. I know we've got a lot going on right now. Uh, my listeners, the WJ is on strike. The DGA and sag after negotiations are coming up. We're out there on the picket lines. We're busy. We're stressed. We're tired. But our moms, they were busy and stressed and tired too, you know, and they need love and attention. Um, my mom likes to say that every day is Mother's Day because like me, she also loves attention. But this is the official Mother's Day, the real one. Sorry, mom. So if you're lucky enough, that your mom is still around, if you have a good relationship, take a minute to celebrate her. If you are a mom, take a minute to be celebrated. It is your day. If you're near her, go see her. If not, give her a call, send some flowers. And mom, your gift from me is this ad read because I am on strike and I am poor <laughs> and this is the best I can do. But I love you. Happy Mother's Day from all of us at 39 Minute Conversations, which is just me. And hello, I am Brian T. Arnold, and this is 39 Minute Conversations, a podcast about reconnecting with old friends and making new ones, but I've only got 39 minutes to do it because I will not be paying for Zoom Pro. My guest today is a very funny performer, writer, host. You may know him from Animation Investigation, El Rey Nation, Shield of Tomorrow. He's a host of Nerdist News and a co-host of Heroes Reforged. If you're a fan of Marvel or DC or Star Wars or Star Trek or all things that we nerds are into, you probably already know him and love him. Please welcome Hector Navarro. Brian T. Arnold. I miss your sense of humor, my friend. Thanks for letting me listen to that ad read. That was great. <laughs> Thank you for pretending like you enjoyed it. That's really that's very kind of you. That was great. It gave me flashbacks to when we met. I I assume it was an improv class and uh, getting to hang out and getting to um, appreciate each other's uh, sense of humor. You were always so, so funny and oh, so dude. smart. And it has also been great to see you uh, supporting the writers out there. Um, it's been, it has been really awesome. I feel, I mean, I've just been at home. I'm, I'm, I don't have a job currently, but I've been watching everybody. Uh, it's off to a great start, but watching everybody from home, I feel like there's like an energy in the town right now, and it's really awesome. So, keep it up the good work, man. Thanks, yeah. man. Thank you. Yeah. It definitely is good energy out there. Like I. I am proud to like, I just joined the Writers Guild last year. So I got in oh, just great. under the wire to like <laughs> to deal with all this to mess. deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm very excited and proud member. I'm happy to be out there. It is a lot. But and you mm -hmm. know, 
we have had we have people out there who are pre WGA who are Screen Actors Guild, Directors Guild, just you know supporters. If you want to come to a picket yeah. line, you're more than welcome. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to carve out some time this week. I have to do some stuff tonight and tomorrow night, and then Saturday morning. I like I was talking with my girlfriend, and we were trying to figure out. I'm like, when are we gonna go go see Guardians of the Galaxy? We can't go until Saturday, right? And then it's gonna be Mother's Day, and then it's gonna be my girlfriend's birthday, and then it's you know. So we have a, a couple of things lined up, but um, mm -hmm. I would love to come down and march with you guys, and uh, you know, and ask Jay Leno, where are my donuts? And he'll be like, oh, he go, they're right here, he go. I'm like, I'm not a writer, sorry. You should give those donuts to other people. <laughs> I I love that. You just had that Jay Leno impression. I mean, everybody has that Jay Leno like <laughs> ready, but you had that like, I'm going to mention him because I've got this locked and ready to go. <laughs> did not plan it like that. Um, but you it's nailed just easy, it. It's just easy to do it, Jay. I feel like it's, I'm copying like Conan O'Brien. I'm copying sure. like, you know, I, I realized at a young age, I don't do impressions of famous people. I've, I've do, I do impressions of, of comedians doing impressions of famous sure. people is what it, you know, you sure. like, it's like you have to hear somebody do it. And then it unlocks it in your brain and you go, oh, I under, like, I see the yeah. magic trick. I understand how they do that now. Like I, as a kid, I never did, um, uh, George HW Bush. I was just doing, I, Dana that was Carvey. the example that I was just yeah. about to say. Dana that was like Carvey, my, one like, of my first impressions like, as a kid was be, Dana wouldn't Carvey. Be prudent, yeah. Like wouldn't be prudent. And like, I'm like, I'm not watching the news. I was watching SNL. I was watching reruns right. of SNL and, and, and getting Dana Carvey to like unlock that for me. And Will Ferrell unlocked W. You know, with a couple sure. of key things, and so everybody's Jay Leno is always just hey, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else is going on? Yeah, squeaky, whispery guy. <laughs> I picture myself getting a longer chin, like sure. the Moon Man from That's McDonald's. Important. Like I, yeah. I picture this like wobbling, like huge head. <laughs> and it, that's all it is. <laughs> and also the freedom to like, I love making fun of Jay Leno because I'm like, sure. oh. He's very, very wealthy. He drives around town in his cars. He, you know, in my comedian brain, in my history of loving comedy, I'm like, oh, he was the guy that was like, eh, give me my show back, Conan. I'm not ready. And so I'm like, you know what? He could be taken down a peg still. Like, you know, so I'm yeah. so it's just the freedom to fully make oh, yeah. fun of a person and not feel like, am I going to hurt his feelings or his family? I think feelings? he'll be okay. I don't think he's got kids. I'm just like, just rip into it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a, um, one of my few, like, nerd items I've collected. I used to be a producer at an NBC affiliate, like back when mm -hmm. I worked in news. Mm -hmm. And I was there like right after Conan was um, fired from Tonight Show, which obviously was very devastating for all of us who grew up on mm -hmm. him with him. But I went to the storage room one day and they still had a Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien poster uh, in there. Grab so it. that I did. I, uh, I'm i admitting to that. I hope that's not, I hope the statute of limitations is over. Uh, but I definitely snaked <laughs> that poster and put it up. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm sure nobody at that NBC affiliate would care. I'm sure nobody cared, but it's just, it's, it meant so much. And I still think about so, so often, I think about his last show and what he's mm -hmm. the, the speech that he said, where he was just oh like, if God, I could yeah. tell the young people, don't be cynical. I think about that mm -hmm. all the time, Brian, mm -hmm. Me too. all the time. It really affected me. It's wonderful. If I ever, if I ever meet Conan O'Brien, that's a, that's the first thing I'm going to tell him is I'll be like, Hey, I'm one of the young people that grew up watching your stuff, your shows, plural. Mm -hmm. And that speech meant so much. And I think about it constantly. And I maybe too. maybe I'd like to think maybe it did have some kind of a an effect in shaping any of my decisions or my outlook or, you know, whatever. So it's pretty cool. Pretty great. No, very cool. Yeah, I did. see. I, I've only seen Conan in person once, but I was a um, 
I was a tour guide on the Warner Brothers lot, and I just like Great. walked by him sitting, like sitting for lunch, and I was like, I can't. I'm not. I, I like in this job, I can't do that. But listen, yeah, it, he's it, a hero it, of mine too. Yeah, it it's I I have decided. It's not something I learned. I decided on my own, Brian, mm-hmm. that I would only bother a famous person in the wild in public <laughs> mm-hmm. if I had a good enough. Thing to say if I had a good enough in if I if it truly was like this is seriously super meaningful to me and I don't mean to bother but I just want to share this thing with you and mm-hmm. then tell you have a great day have a great rest of your day like I will leave you in peace but I just want to leave you with this little thing and Conan O'Brien is absolutely a person I would go up to when I was mm-hmm. a kid I had decided I was like if I ever see Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. not going to tell him about Jurassic Park not going to tell him about <laughs> E.T., not going to tell him about anything. I'm going to go up and be like, I love the show Animaniacs so mm, much. Sure. Thank you for producing that show. I have two seconds. Bye. Like, that's the <laughs> thing I, that's at the top of my list that I would say. I like, and, um, I like, I, feel like two, I would still, I would still say that. Yeah. I like your two second rule because yesterday I was on, I was in the picket line and there were, I'm not going to name names, but there are a couple people in line that I'm a fan of. Uh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure. And they're, I mean, they're full. It's full of them. And I've talked to a few, but like, I just did a quick, like, Hey, really enjoy your stuff. Like, you know, whatever. Yep. And then, yep. but the problem is, and they were very nice about it. They're like, Oh, thank you. But then it was like, Oh, we're just still in line together for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, well, now it's, I've made it weird and I'm just still around you. Didn't, didn't mean to lock you into a thing. Yeah. That's when you have to go like, turn around and go, Hey, I really like your stuff. And then turn back around. And then you take out your own phone and be like, I'm busy doing stuff. I'm in my own <laughs> world. I'll let you be in your own world. Sure. It re- that reminds me of a thing that happened in 2011 mm-hmm. in, in Los Angeles. I went to go see a UCB show on Franklin and I was in line and a few weeks or so before I had a buddy of a buddy, somebody tell me through some connection or whatever, they were like, Oh, Andrew Garfield from the social network and gonna be Spider-Man because mm-hmm. I hadn't hadn't come out yet. Right. Is taking a UCB class with my friend. What? And I was like, that's crazy. And I said, why? And this person was like, because <laughs> his agent told him to apparently. And like okay. he showed up to class and like he might be using it as more of like a dramatic exercise. And it's a little awkward because like UCB 101 is like, you know, it's you know, it's like it's, it's people, children. We're all kids children. in there. We're kids, we're trying to yeah. be funny. We're trying to do like we're trying to do the UCB, you know, um, yeah. like main stage herald style. That's of, all we're comes, there for. Yeah, there comes a dramatic actor apparently trying to do stuff. But I'm in line for UCB, so I know this information. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a. I can't remember what night it was, but I think it was Herald night because I was also taking a class at the time, and that's your homework sure. assignment. You got to go see a couple heralds. So I. Like I'm standing in line with a few of my friends turn around behind me and Andrew Garfield is in line like a couple people back with somebody. He wasn't with Emma Stone, who I think he was dating at the time. (laughs) It was like him and somebody I don't know, a friend of his, whatever. Sure. And he had like a beanie on and he was just kind of like chill. And I knew that he was that I'm like, I I know that's Andrew Garfield, not just a handsome guy, because Mm -hmm. I have the information that he is taking a class currently. So he has the same homework assignment that I do. (laughs) And no joke, um, on my cell phone was saved the first image of him as Spider-Man, which was a promotional shot. And he's looking behind his back and you see the costume. And so it was like the new Spider-Man after Tobey Maguire. And on top of this, this was in August. I remember August of 2011 because the month before July of 2011, I was in San Diego. I was at San Diego Comic-Con mm. and I was in Hall H where they have their big panels and 
there was a panel for The Amazing Spider-Man, and he was there, and everybody was there, but the dude showed up in a costume, in a Halloween costume. I don't know if you've ever seen this clip, if you've I ever seen this. I think I have, this. yeah. He was walking he, around Comic-Con all day, like, dressed as Spider-Man. Nobody knew it was him In, like, day. a Halloween, like, yeah, yeah, very, yeah. like, cheap, and it was adorable, but he goes up to the microphone, because there was a Q&A, and they were taking questions from fans, and he goes up, and then he rips his mask off, and he's like, I just want to read this note to everybody. And if I think about this, Brian, if I really <laughs> let myself get into that moment, I could move myself to tears because it sure. was the sweetest. He reads this letter about growing up this skinny picked on kid in mm -hmm. England, so far away from the U.S., but still felt a connection to this fictional character. Mm -hmm. And everything Your he favorite was saying, fictional character, my absolute yeah. favorite. And everything he was saying, I was like this. I'm like, man, this British guy is me. But I grew up in San Diego. I grew up in California, you know, right. far away from New York, far away from England. And what he said was so beautiful. It was so great. And he was like, I have at times in my childhood, like felt Spider-Man's hand on my shoulder to like encourage me and to be brave and all of this stuff. That's like so beautiful goes up to the, to the table as they're doing the panel. And then the, the next question was like, hi, do you do all your own stunts? Like nobody else at Comic-Con <laughs> acknowledged that wonderful thing that happened. So yeah. I'm standing in line in LA with my friends and I go, that's Andrew Garfield. He saved on my phone. Like I'm a, I'm a fan and I loved him in sure. social network. He's sure, a brilliant actor. young actor. Great actor. And my friends are like, are you going to go over there and say something to him? And my friends were like, don't do that. And I said, but hang on. I was at Comic-Con last month, four weeks ago. And I just want to go up and tell him what he said meant so much to me. And he should have gotten more love from the crowd. It was a beautiful, beautiful sharing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all I want to say to him. And my friends were like, you should say that to him. That's actually very nice. Like, that's very sweet. <laughs> yeah. So I muster up the courage. I, I step out of line, walk up to him, and he looks at me, and he knows what's going to happen. Sure. You know, that celebrity thing where it's just like, hmm, I have to deal mm -hmm. with this. He wasn't mean. Yeah. No, it's just like face. that. Like, yeah, everybody is okay. like, tired of that, I'm sure. And I'll never forget that the woman next to him looked at me and had this look of like, uh, like just a oh, brother, like sure. so annoyed. And as I come up to him, I'm like, hi, I'm sorry to bother you. Are you are you Andrew Garfield? And he goes, yeah, mate. Yes. Ha, 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 you know, what can I do for you? And I'm like, hi, my name is Hector. I just want to say I was at Comic-Con last month. I was in the room. What you said when you pulled out that speech, like it was emotional. It was beautiful. I loved it so much. You should have gotten more love from the crowd for that. I just mm -hmm. wanted to say that was awesome. And as I'm saying this, I'm, I can see out of the corner of my eye, his friend's face goes from that look of like, ugh, to this. Like I won her over. She was like, oh, like I won her over. Yeah. And he was like, oh, no, I didn't tell him my name. But he goes, oh, thank you so much, mate. What's your name? And I was like, uh, Hector, my name's Hector. And he like shook my hand. He's like, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. And I was like, no problem. Have a great night. Have a great show. And then went back in line. Mm -hmm. And and I just remember feeling like I'm very glad I did that. Yeah. It, uh, it sucks because there is a half a second of the sure the celebrity face of like expected, who is this person I which think, is expected yeah. you know yeah but but that was that kind of um that experience was like the, the, to me it is if you if this if the situation is okay you know not if mm -hmm. they're having dinner not no, if they're no. you know what i mean like it but if but if they're standing in line if it's one of those things where it's like i'm in the same space you are in many ways you and i are equals we're both in line to see a <laughs> sure, show you're, right like, i'm not trying to like grab you from a red carpet i'm not trying you know you're not mm -hmm. at, you're not at your work and i'm being annoying it's like we're it's okay but it but it made me feel like um maybe i'm justified in having that feeling of save it for the people that you 
oof, if you could run into so-and-so, what's the one sentence you would say to them to really, you know, and to have that in your back pocket, especially if you live in Los Angeles, because mm-hmm. you could <laughs> all run the into all, all the, the time. time, all the time. It's crazy. So anyway, yeah. With Nerdist, you've done a lot of like interviews and stuff with celebrities, obviously. Um, have you had a chance? Have you talked to Andrew Garfield again since? Did that ever, has that ever? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. I don't think. I have not. But um, yeah, I don't. I'm trying to remember if I did, actually. And I'm like, if I did, what would it have been for? Would it have been for I mean, Spider-Man no, like, way Home, no Way Home? Which yeah. was a secret. He wasn't sure. doing press but for like that. Post, yeah, yeah, but post, you know? maybe, um, yeah. I'm trying to think what other, like, nerdy, if he's been in other, you know. He's he mostly he, hasn't done a lot of no, he nerdy just, or stuff other, other than, than Spider-Man. Back for Spider-Man, yeah. He just does. And I'll be honest, too. I'm like, that's fine. I think yeah. his, Spi- his Spider-Man is, I always went to bat for his Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. Um, those, both of those movies I think are fine. I don't think they're as bad as people who sure. like, I do. I mean, we can get into it, but I don't think we don't have to get into it, but I don't, I don't love them as much as you do, but I think that's he's fine. Great. I think that, he's great I, in them. I'll say this. I'll say this. Like, I love the villains of the first three, like Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man films. I love the villains. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Thomas Hayden Church. Like I even like Topher Grace as Eddie Brock. Well, I didn't hate him. Yeah, I didn't hate him. I like I'm into the all of the stuff that Sam Raimi did with the villains of those films is fantastic. It's Mm -hmm. kind of tough for me to rewatch those movies now. I think Andrew Garfield is the sweetest. I think he's so great. I don't love the writing for or the sort of direction for the character of Peter Parker. I think his Peter Parker is more in a way, it's more, and this is kind of unfair because at the end of the day, this is what actors are hired for. They're bringing their own essence, their own humanity. Mm-hmm. But his Peter Parker, I feel like, is more Tobey Maguire being, mm. you know, a wide-eyed youth adolescent going into adulthood. Like, you know, just like the sensitivity, the sweetness. And since I was a kid, I've read Spider-Man comics. And I go, the reason I love him is because he is that. But he's also, like, funny. Mm-hmm. He's genuinely funny. He's mm-hmm. he's he, The quips are not just annoying, eye-rolling, or or unfunny. I'm like, there's a... There's an insecurity behind it. He's very self-deprecating, mm-hmm. but he but he hypes himself up and gives himself that bravery. And he once people kind of see who he really is, they fall in love with him. He, you know, Peter Parker's just a great guy who I think can be very charismatic. And sure. I don't know if the Tobey Maguire Peter is that. Now I you don't think so, yeah. Right. But, but those movies are still gems. Those movies are like, still great. Love them. They're yeah. great. But it's like a like a 60s, almost out of time, mm-hmm. you know, take on the whole world, which is great. You get to the Andrew Garfield movies. I think him and Emma Stone's chemistry is like genuinely wonderful. Yeah. And I can watch those movies and for as messy as they are, there's so much going on. The scenes where he and Gwen Stacy are like interacting, I think they're lovely. Mm -hmm. And the scene where Gwen Stacy dies Mm. and the stuff that they do in that movie afterwards and Andrew Garfield is like mourning. I'm like, I think it's brilliant. It sucks that it's sandwiched in the middle of this movie because I'm like, that's... That's pure Spider-Man in there. So mm-hmm. I love the the sort of um, hero side of those Spider-Man films. I don't like the lizard. I don't, you know, I think they sure. wasted Jamie Foxx. And the proof is they brought back Jamie Foxx and he was better than he was in his own. he played own. a completely different character. Like, same character, <laughs> but completely different. Which is fine. Oh, I'm like, this Which is, is great. Yeah. should have been from the yeah. beginning, you know? So, so I will always go to bat for his Spider-Man movies because I'm like, look, they're messy and they're probably straight up bad movies. Mm-hmm. But- he and a couple other elements of these movies are brilliant mm-hmm. and they shine through for me. And then I think I was justified as a fan when they brought him back for No Way Home. I thought they Agreed. used him expertly Perfectly. well. And Perfectly. right. And people were like, oh, dude, my dude's stealing this movie. I'm like, yes. He, yeah, he was always good. He was just in you, not great movies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, but if I ever meet uh, Andrew Garfield again, I'm absolutely going to be like, "Hey, man, you're really nice to me." <laughs> in 2011 like you you know just yeah, like sure thank you for thank you for just being a nice guy and thanks for caring about a character peter yeah. parker that i care about very much and and um yeah that's all Most... and i'm sure he'll be like great thanks <laughs> <laughs> thanks mate um one thing that really stands out to me about that story that i love is andrew garfield serious actor was still doing his used to be one-on-one homework like he was still going to like i have to go to oh, i have to go to a herald night like know, that's right? part of this and i don't know if it's true or not and i don't know if it's like a like a rumor through the grapevine of like no he was just doing dramatic um like initiations for scenes but it kind of makes sense that he would be. It's I think it's very funny to do like a like a UCB one on one scenario, and then here comes like an actor who's like, "I've been in movies directed by David Fincher. I'm gonna go yeah. and work with so and so." You know, um, didn't he do a movie with Scorsese? I can't remember, but uh, they're, Silence. They're like, Silence. Yeah, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. And then it's like one student is like, um, their initiation's like, uh, "I'm doing dishes, honey. Have you seen a cat or whatever?" Like the dumb initiation. Sure. And then Andrew Garfield steps in. He's like. Your wife is dead. Like, or whatever weird, <laughs> dramatic, you know, and he wants just to go there. And these yeah. poor one-on-one students are like, I'm trying to I'm trying to be a comedic, you know, sitcom actor. I'm trying, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so funny. <laughs> I do, too. That's really great. Yeah. Um, man, one thing that I think is really interesting about you, you alluded to, like, you grew up listening to, watching watching these cartoons and comic and reading these comic books and all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, when I have guests on, usually what I'm talking about when we start is sort of the path to get to their career when they realize they wanted to do it. What's interesting about you is like when you were a kid, what you're doing right now didn't exist, right? Right. You're kind of, (laughs) you're kind of on the forefront of creating what is now a business. Well, I, I will say that I think it did exist, but the, the, the speciality the focus mm-hmm. of what I I sometimes get hired to do did not exist. So when mm-hmm. I was a kid, we did have things like Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood or Extra. I don't know when those, sure. texts, you know, like basically like entertainment news journalism or interviews or even we're talking about Conan O'Brien. He does interviews and he's sure. a brilliant. He's a he's he's one of the interviewers that I studied. He's so mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. you know, Um, but as the entertainment industry changed. Right. I just happened to get lucky in that the thing that I invested all of my time and my passion in, mm-hmm. um, which is in this wall behind me of all these comic books and stuff. <laughs> the thing that the things that I loved as a kid, mm-hmm. I loved superhero comic books as a kid, but I also loved movies and TV shows. And me loving movies so much, I would look at these comic books and I would look at them cinematically. I would I would be sure. like, these could Same. make all the best movies. Why haven't mm-hmm. they made these movies? Warner Brothers has the rights to all the Justice League. Why didn't they make the Justice League? Why did they just stop at Superman and Batman? You know, where's Wonder Woman? Where's all the rest of these characters? And I think it was, you can see it too, because because I grew up in San Diego, I'm not someone who's going to be mad or gatekeeping Mm -hmm. about the fact that San Diego Comic-Con is now like an an L.A., event basically basically you know, yeah the industry descends into that town for for a week two weeks um a week and base you know just shows trailers for and like anything that's not a drama or a comedy mm-hmm. will we'll try to get like a um a a a trailer a, you know revealed on there a panel or whatever whatever i was really stoked to see that happen because i love all this stuff but yeah absolutely you, you, when you grow up in san diego and you keep visiting san diego comic-con every year you can see the shift from oh Hollywood has taken note. You can make money off of it. Like this stuff is mm-hmm. big moneymaker stuff. This is great blueprints for Hollywood blockbusters, which make the most money. 
So I was stoked to see that happen. The thing that I invested my time and love in ended up becoming valuable. Mm -hmm. That knowledge became valuable. And it's tricky because it's it's thought of as being valuable on the internet. It's not. It shouldn't be. It's thought sure. of as that's that's that began with internet culture, with with mm -hmm. you know, the Star Wars prequels and the Phantom Menace in 1999. And that began with men gatekeeping their thing and being like, oh, you're a Star Wars fan? Name every Star Wars character ever. Like right. that bullshit. Right. And so it's a tricky thing to navigate when you're a guy, a straight guy, mm -hmm. a cis straight guy. I'm not white, so I have that going for me. I'm a brown guy at least. <laughs> Congratulations. I can, I yeah. can be like, I understand some struggle, but <laughs> but I under, do not understand a lot of struggle. But right. it's tricky when you are in that position and you love this stuff. And and um, I mean, I'll talk about being brown for a second, too, because I think that yeah, ended please. up shaping a lot of what I ended up doing. But in any case... The thing for like, you're right. I did not expect to be doing what I'm doing now when I was a child. I, mm -hmm. I think when I was a kid, I expected to be a, a filmmaker or an animator. I went to school and studied animation. I have mm -hmm. a degree in media arts and animation. You worked on Iron Man 3, the Avengers, I the did, Shrek but I, movies. But yeah, but none of that was through animation stuff. What oh. ended up happening is because I went to school in San Diego and there's no entertainment industry in San Diego, mm -hmm. I graduate this uh, this for-profit college called the Art Institute, which I think has now been sued. Like, I, like, it's like, it's one of those things where there's certainly talented people that I went to school with, but they're also not talented young people that were just paying their money. And the school was like, yeah, we'll take your money. Like, it's a bummer. Sure. But um, some people graduated and like moved to LA and tried to get animation jobs. I was living in San Diego. I was living with my parents. The job mm -hmm. I got out, the job I got after I got my degree was working at a company that did post-production Mm. effects for films okay. so it's sure. kind of related but the post-production was 3d they made mm. regular movies into 3d movies it's mm. another reason i liked andrew garfield spider-man movies they're both in 3d those tobies you do love 3d, 3D. you're somebody who still stands 3d and i'm I still <laughs> i i can't i'm not super on board with 3d but there's, you listen you Ryan, enjoy. there's dozens of us and if you ever <laughs> honestly wanted to come and hang out you're all, you're anytime invited to my house to come over i have a 3d tv Okay. And I could show you some clips and little things in 3D movies that I feel like because this has happened. I'm sure to, this I'm not the first person every, you've offered this to. Yeah. Every <laughs> friend who I've ever invited, they come yeah. over and they go, this is actually pretty cool. And I go, yes, it is pretty mm -hmm. cool when it's done right. Here's a great example of it being pretty cool. So anyway, I was doing this job for a few years and it's kind of related to animation, but not like they, mm -hmm. they, they took me, they hired me, they tested me. I was able to do this. It's a somewhat creative process because they give you a flat frame of film. And then right. you essentially sculpt it as though you're doing like CG sculpting in like Maya or whatever, but it's a different program. So it's almost like you're sculpting the 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 scene. Mm -hmm. and then you kind of overlay it, overlay the footage and make sure everything works. And then and then it's kind of animated because scenes move. Right. So when Iron Man goes from here to here, you've got to like keyframe it and be like, okay, now he's in 3D space in this way. Mm -hmm. And you do everything in between. So there's kind of in-betweening, but it's not animation per se. But I did right. that for two years, got let go. Then that's what moved me to LA is I got another mm. job in LA doing the same thing. Okay. So, but before I even moved to LA in 2010, in 2011, I'm living in San Diego. Um, and my girlfriend at the time was, her and I were, were driving up to LA to take UCB classes. We were already getting our foot in the sort huh. of improv world. And that's I think how I, I knew you. that. That's how I, I think I yes, knew that you absolutely. were still living in San Diego absolutely. when we were when we met. Yeah, it was, a, it was, it was uh, my girlfriend at the time was a great Lindsay Frank, the one of oh, the funniest big fan. people big ever, fan. ever, ever, ever. Uh, Lindsay's yeah. great. 
So yeah, so we were taking classes and I was coming up here. And then when I got the job, I think we both moved up. We were living together in Los Angeles. And, um, but my job was sort of the CG or not CG, but like the 3D movie making. Right. But on the side, I was like, oh, this improv thing has sparked a, a passion in me that is, that's what ended up really paving the direction for whatever my career was. Because if I had the comic book knowledge, I had the... I had the the love and the passion, and and again, the knowledge can be valuable depending on what the job is. Mm -hmm. But then I had this improv experience, and I had been doing improv since middle school, high school. I had been been comfortable on stage and been able to improvise freely and everything, and and that led to um, meeting people through improv. Mm -hmm. And then when they got wind that I was like a comic book nerd, a friend of mine, another friend of mine, Becca Scott. Was like you should meet no, Becca. My, love Becca. Yeah, Becca's great. You should meet my at the time my boyfriend. He's working for this like um he's doing some like Twitch stuff. He's doing some some basically some internet geeky stuff. Was You'd that geek and, was that geek and sundry? At that, that was time? geek and sundry. Yeah, or it was it not at the time, but eventually just led to that not too long got after. It. And um and got my first sort of jobs of like, can you come and we'll pay you to come and be on the internet and be improvising on the internet. But also mm -hmm. can you talk about like Marvel movies and stuff? And I was like, yes, I've worked on them. I love them. I, <laughs> yeah. So, so that, and, and to go back to me being Brown for a second, because yeah, I know, I know we don't have a lot of time. We don't, but, but get, let's get it in. I think what ended up happening is me growing up with, let's just say superheroes is like my passion. Mm -hmm. or one of the main ones, right? Mm -hmm. Most of those characters are white male characters. Sure. And when I was a child, I would draw them, I would color them in, and I used my peach colored pencil the most because peach was the the most often used color across yeah. every... Batman also had peach. Superman had peach. Wonder Woman sure. had peach. Flash, Captain America, all of them, except for Spider-Man, which I think subconsciously it's true. There's a reason mm. that you can, you know, anybody can wear the anybody mask. Can you wear can, the mask. You can sure. see yourself in that character. But... As I started to do stuff on the internet and kind of learn, like figured out, oh, I'm good at this and I like doing this, I really did start to get horrific internet pushback, as you can imagine, from people mm -hmm. being like, oh, you're brown. You you shouldn't be in this space. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed to be at that company or this company talking about that stuff. You're a token hire. You're diversity hire. You're not mm -hmm. qualified. You're this and this and this. And that kind of like radicalized me to like be way aware of social Mm -hmm. injustice and social inequality at a social level and me go mm -hmm. oh wait a minute yeah that's that's actually really fucked up and it's really frustrating yeah. and then i think it opened up my mind to like how marginalized groups are represented underrepresented what they kind of deal with even at a level of like dude i'm hired here to talk about comic books and mm -hmm. movies you know with a, a bunch of different people from different backgrounds and like we're just here to have a good time and you're bringing this into the conversation and you know right but it's all tied in, Brian. It's all tied in together, man. White supremacy, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's the number one problem in the United States, maybe the world. And it's so yeah. crazy that like even the fun job of like you have to go talk about superhero movies, um, you still have to deal with that. And I was gonna and ask I, about that. Yeah. And dude, I thought that the that the writer strike, I didn't even consider the past week or so as everybody was talking about hope hope we don't have to strike, but it looks like we're going to. And then I'm seeing people break this down and go, but this also has to deal with white supremacy. This also has to deal with the people mm -hmm. in power mm -hmm. who are mostly these CEO guys that love to buy Patagonia vests and spend their <laughs> money on yachts, not yeah. wanting to share, not wanting to, you know, mm -hmm. not like like seeing where the end, like seeing where everything's going mm -hmm. and 
using excuses all like well this is digital this is different there should be no residuals it's digital and it's like right. well that's now bullshit like we've mm -hmm. all you know everybody's been very aware of that but um yeah it's been crazy and i'm still i'm like reading things about like oh latin representation latina representation in movies are now at the levels that they were in 2019 or earlier and i'm like mm -hmm. yeah things are not getting but like and and i feel like there's there's a pushback that's happened honestly since 2016 since donald trump was elected president yeah there was a a whiplash of the rest of the United States being like, whoa, like yeah, we didn't, I mean, we didn't, we didn't like Obama for eight years. So now we're going to really try to over course correct and pick on yeah. marginalized groups and pick on trans people and do all this stuff that you're like, this is this how it wasn't this bad when we were children. I mean, I don't think so. It was, it was, I mean, it was unspoken. It was there. It, it was, was there, yes, but exactly. now it's, now it's out in the open. Yeah. And yeah, what we're seeing so much of is like, yeah, these rich, these rich fucks who, you know, the people who, <laughs> The people who are like getting hit the hardest are the people who are at the lower levels of writing. And for the most part, because of the industry has operated for the last ever, yeah. it yeah. is it is people who are from underrepresented backgrounds. And yeah. so it's whether that's on whether that's purposeful or just a consequence of like the lower level writers are the ones getting hit the hardest. It is still a function of white supremacy. Absolutely. It's still a function yeah. of. Yeah, it's just it's a I, I think that's what I we're think, up against. I think there are some to be honest, I think there are some specific like decisions being made at the top that I do think are like purposeful. Like I, I, still, I agree. No, right? I that I'm like, agree. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sure that there are some inwardly secretive racist people in Hollywood, sure. duh, because they're the of people course, like that everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm like, man, the decision to like cancel the movie Batgirl, mm -hmm. knowing the optics of that, mm -hmm. I'm like somewhere up the food chain there, somebody made the call and be like, and they were like, mm, also because it is because she's a, like an Afro Latina. Let's pull the plug on that. Yeah. Um. But I do believe there's also obviously what we're discussing is the sort of unconscious. No, I think it's both. bias. It I think it's absolutely because if you look at you know yeah. you hear a lot like just on my side as a writer you hear a lot about like oh yeah we're looking for what's going to appeal to middle America and that and yeah. that is code for what is white and safe right right, and right. what <laughs> what have we what have we what have we been watching for fifty years but, you know it it's it's funny because I don't. When I said I was like radicalized and I try to really, really, really be aware of stuff, but mm -hmm. also have gone down some like like annoying, deep rabbit holes of like just misery as I've tried to argue with white supremacists on Twitter years ago, or I tried to like, you know, defend myself or whatever. And, and it, and it took like people who love me to be like, Hector, stop, like, you got to stop, yeah. like, just block this person and just, you know, or again, if we're men, we can use our whatever position we have or whatever platform, like uplift the voices of the people who need to like, that's when I was like, Absolutely. okay, I need yeah. to try to do that as much as possible. But it, it's not stuff that I try to like actively engage in. I think that's and, good. And me and my two buddies are, we have a YouTube channel now. That yeah, we've been please doing talk about bit. that. Yeah. It's called Heroes Reforged. And it's, yes, just it is. Us, it's just us hanging out and it's and it's us um, watching the stuff that we love because that's big on YouTube right now for now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what's great is that we get so many messages. It makes me so happy, Brian, because we get messages from people going, I looked for people that were, were watching the show that I really love that's airing right now. Mm -hmm. And I found people who were hateful and miserable and offensively hateful, like racist, Absolutely. homophobic, sexist, whatever. And then I found you and your friends, Hector, I found you three guys and you guys are lovely and you're mm -hmm. aware of social issues and you talk about stuff critically, but you don't hate on stuff. You don't drag stuff down. You And especially because me and my two buddies came from that sort of visual effects post-production background. Mm -hmm. We end up going to bat for visual effects stuff, whereas I feel like a lot of geeky internet 
immediately tears something down and goes, oh, mm-hmm. the CG is garbage. Yep. And me and my buddies are like, yeah, because these artists didn't have enough time because mm-hmm. the, because the money and the allocated resources, I'm like, we were there. We, 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 the most common note we would receive on our shots when we would turn them in to be finished is we would get approved and then we would see CBB was a note, which stood for could be better, but okay. you got to approve the shot. Bang, bang. Got it. Not comedy bang, bang. And I hear CBB, I think could be better, which just means get it into the, like the movie needs to come out. Like, you right. know, and it's, and that's a bummer, but um, th- those huge films that have so many different moving parts or TV shows now, like so many different teams of anonymous artists that are wonderfully talented and they're working with what they got. And so anyway, all this to say, I'm really proud of the fact that people on the internet, especially like people of color and women and gay folks message us and goes thank you guys for just not it's it's bare minimum it's the bare mm-hmm. minimum thing but they go thank you for not being hateful first of yeah, all and that's and such for, a big deal on the internet for being, sadly. For being welcoming yeah. especially on youtube unfortunately yeah and then we've also gotten messages from people who work in the industry We're, i've gotten messages from like from like post-production people visual effects people that say hey you guys are awesome we really love watching your stuff we've gotten messages from showrunners from directors mm-hmm. people who i adore and really admire and they go we watch your stuff you know, we shared around the office. We shared around all these big, you know, one time I was doing a, a, a thing for DC comics at New York comic-con a few years ago, I think 2020, mm-hmm. right before the pandemic shut everything mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. and the movie birds of prey had come out or was about to come out. Mm-hmm. And I did an event and the cast was there. And I really briefly, like my, my DC coworkers were so sweet. They're like, go get a poster signed by Margot Robbie and journey. Sm-. They're like, go get a poster signed by him. And I was like, no, I don't. They're like, go, it's fine. You can go. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to in this space. You're working for us. Please, please, please. So I'm like, I put a poster on this little table. You know, I'm like, hi, I'm a big fan. And Margot Robbie and Journey Smollett, Journey Smollett recognized me. She goes, I know you are like, she, I think she said, our producer sent us your trailer reaction <laughs> for Birds of Prey. That's cool. You know, and Margot Robbie was like, yeah. And she was so excited. And she was so yeah. like, and she said something like, oh, you guys are the reason we do this stuff. This is great. And I remember thinking I was so proud because I'm like, I'm sure there's other trailer reactions for the movie Birds of Prey that are Tons full of, of hate, that are oh, full of abso- hate, that, oh, abso- oh, that are full of yes. dudes criticizing yeah. the movie. But me and my buddies, who are three straight guys, we're like yeah. stoked on this movie and we're like, it looks so cool and I love these characters. So we, I think we've become producer safe. Like the, the producers yeah. now comb through stuff and they go, oh, okay, these guys are good. Let me send them to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very proud of that. So yeah. Hector, we have less than a minute left. Less this has gone way too fast. Um, so where can people follow you? Anything that you want to plug? Let's get that in. You got it. You can go to youtube.com slash heroes reforged. And you can also follow me on the internet while Twitter's still a thing at <laughs> Hector is funny. And I'm on Instagram and I think TikTok at Hector is funny. And uh, I do TikTok videos where I just show my action figures off. That's what I like to do with my time. So Brian, you're a delight, man. Thank you're you for having delight. me. While we still, while we're, we're still going, we're going to go until the zoom <laughs> runs out. Uh, Hector, what do you think happens after we die? Uh, has anybody quoted Keanu Reeves when you asked them this? Not yet. The people who love us miss us. That's what Keanu said to Stephen Colbert when Colbert asked him the exact same question. And I think it's the best possible answer in the universe. Keanu Reeves. Really lovely. <laughs> um, uh, if you couldn't, if you could know your future, but couldn't change it, would you want to, or would you rather not know? Oh God. Your meeting has ended. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to 39-Minute Conversations, hosted and produced by Brian T. Arnold. Music by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. 
If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tune in for new episodes and don't forget to rate and review. If you didn't like what you heard, please don't do any of that. That's okay too. Thank you and we'll see you next time. Stay safe and be well.